0: Every stage of growth has a cost. I've seen that for customers, I've seen that for teammates, I've seen that for personal relationships, and even like other businesses. People believe that the best option is that you stay exactly in the zone that you're at. Welcome to Marketing with Matt. If you're an entrepreneur or business owner looking to create more margin in your life and business, you're in the right place. For more after the show, be sure to check out profitmoreworkless.com. I think it's super interesting. All of this kind of what we're talking about is the how it affects growth or just like this concept of growth In general, growth in business is like the marketing driven and then like the personal side of growth and how that plays into it.
1: I think there's so many crossovers. And I, you know, I don't know. What do you think about this saying? So Bedros Koulian, he he says, how you do one thing is how you do anything. And I think he's not the only person that says that. In his office, like their staff, like when they're restocking the fridge, all of the bottles and products have to be like shelf facing. And he's like, small things like that might seem small, but how you do one thing is how you do everything. So it plays through the rest of their company culture. And so we were talking about like personal growth and making personal changes, but now you're talking about business growth. Like, are they connected? I think it's such a good phrase. I don't know if I fully agree
0: with it. I guess it would be, if I was honest, looked at it and say like, are there things that I do differently than other things? And if that's true, then that statement can't be true for me, at least. And it's not the ideal, but am I inconsistent? Yeah. And is there, like, this is the the premise of predictably irrational. Are there things that I will, so big picture, there's predictability to it, but is there irrationality to it Where, yeah. or inconsistency or things that feel
1: like in conflict with yourself? It's like, yeah, I kind of see that for me. That's how I am with most absolute statements. I'm like, okay, it, like it's a good concept, but it's like Alex or he's like, I don't make my bed. It's like, to yeah. me, that's a waste of time. And so like all the whole mantra of like, always make your bed. He's like, that doesn't math for me. It's interesting too, because you're like, yeah, maybe he doesn't make his bed. Maybe someone
0: makes his bed. I don't know. But like the, the, Probably. this would be, people would be surprised about this is I feel very much so comfortable with the chaos. And so for a long time, it's even like, it's the natural state of stuff is because I don't care about functioning in a chaotic state. um, I think it's, maybe it's a little bit of like laser focus. Like there could just be stuff burning around me and I could be like, I'm just gonna work on this one thing right there. So it doesn't influence me as much as you would assume it could or it, it definitely impacts other folks. Like, am I more productive if there isn't chaos? Maybe so, but it's not a critical, you know, factor. Like for my wife, if a room is messy and that's not like dirty, but it's like, you know, stuff is around. It's just, it's not ordered. It's not basically clean. If it doesn't look like you walked into a hotel room, she feels the pressure of that. Yeah, And so the natural state of our house is, is, and we got little kids, but like every night, every night we reset. So the day starts and it is like fresh. She is absolutely someone. She makes the bed because like that is what makes her feel like she can do her best work or whatever she's working on. I'm not like that at all, and so my right. office—it's comical, but it it constantly moves to a state of complete disorder. And she's always so surprised, like, "How can you work in this space?" It's like, "Well, because I come and I work on the work right in front of me, and do not yep. mind the chaos around me." That may not be ideal, but that's just the reality of of how I function. The interesting thing that, uh, like, in this topic of growth that was resonating with me, and I was just thinking, uh, it could be an interesting thing to discuss, and for other folks as we're listening in, is is this idea of the cost of growth. And I heard a great story. I'm not going to be able to attribute it. I forget who it was, but they were talking about their landscape uh, designer. I think it was like their architect. And um, they had him on a couple of projects and he was like in his forties it was a multiple pack a day smoker. And so they, they are doing big projects with them, So they're paying a lot of money. And so he was sensing, man, he's stressed all the time. And, you know, seeing like he's a just chronic smoker in his forties, you know, you kind of just know, ah, oh, going to be bad consequences of that. And so they got to know him and he had said, like, hey, I've tried to quit and like nothing would work. And so apparently they knew of this center in, I don't know if it was Tucson or Arizona somewhere. And it was like just this amazing center. They'd gone there just for like a resort, but they had a program like, hey, you come for two weeks and uh, we'll break any addiction you have. Wow. Almost guaranteed. I, I it was guaranteed of just, the, just, just their experience. And so um, they're doing all these projects and there's a conscious like, man, we want you to be better and healthier as a person if you want to do this uh, we just want to gift this to you. So they gifted him two weeks at this resort. They said, Hey, if you tried the program day one, you don't like it. Just enjoy this resort. Like you don't have to do this. We just want to do this to support you. Also to thank you for all the work you've been doing for us. And, um, you know, it was kind of th- that sort of uh, a gift. He went on this resort, this experience and two weeks and he completely stopped smoking. Hasn't smoked at this date. And this is now like, you know, years, maybe decades away. Um, but they asked him, I, it, the stories is as re- recollected he asked me a year later, you know, hey, still not smoking? Yeah, totally cut it. Like, and they said, what was the significant takeaway from that? And his reflection was that the hardest part or the most significant thing is he, he, lost, he lost all his friends. Because oh, wow. he had been friends with everybody who smoked. And they, they yeah. smoked together, smoke breaks and all this sort of thing. And that's what he realized is he had to stop being friends with these people that had the same habit that he was trying to break. And he was saying that even in the process, he came back, he stopped smoking, still hanging out with these people. And initially, before he um, decided to maybe, you know, be more intentional and and break away from these relationships, he was saying that they were almost doing that to him. They felt judged by him no longer smoking. They didn't want to hear about, you know, his journey of not smoking. Like they couldn't support and encourage his growth independent of their experience. And this was the um, interesting part of growth is an an unintuitive that not everyone around you wants you to grow. And I'd say that for businesses. Oh, big time. Not only you know, relationally we experience this personal, but professionally your customers don't actually want you to grow. Your team doesn't actually want you to grow. Um, The majority of folks in and around you in your life are served by you being at the level that you are at. And this is a difficult lesson to learn, to, to become aware of, is that if you are committed to growth, a cost of that growth is going to be losing certain relationships and being eyes wide open about the fact that probably the majority of people around you right now are best served by you staying exactly where you're at. So if you're committed to growing, it means you got to be a little bit more open-handed and
1: willing to let some of these relationships all away. I really like that story and that the concept of the cost of growth, because I, I've absolutely noticed it in my life, in my career, like the people around you are invested in your current identity, who you are, it brings them comfort, right? So if you change, there's multiple things that happen. You, if your identity changes, you're challenging their identity. So like, even if that person in that story wasn't being judgmental about quitting smoking, there is a perception of judgment that you don't think what my choices are good anymore. Um, and you see this with all kinds of things. Um, like when I first started getting into CrossFit, I had friends who didn't want to hang out because they're like, oh, well, you just are super into fitness or whatever. And, and I'm like, I don't care that like I still want to go out and eat tacos or whatever, but uh, it happens. There's this weird thing that if you want to become somebody new, you have to let go of the old you. That has to happen in business, right? Same thing. Like if you're trying to grow from a company of 10 people to a company of, you know, 50 people, the culture of 10 is dead. It's gone. It's going to, it has to become something new. It's difficult
0: as a, as a leader, if you're leading this. If you're committed to growth, recognizing that this is going to be uncomfortable for everyone around you. Because mm-hmm. I actually think in, in small stages, when you're beginning, when you're starting out, you feel so supported. You feel so encouraged. You feel like, and maybe it's because the only voices you have around you that are, it's like ours right now. It's just voices in podcasts, voices on videos, it's all these distant mentors that you feel like, man, I'm so encouraged about but Like those are the voices of growth um, because the other people in your life aren't talking about it. So it's not that they're discouraging it. It's just like you don't have it. So there's no, there's no conversation to have. It's all a dream. It's all aspiring to what could be. And then when it starts to materialize, you realize, man, every stage of growth has a cost. Now, I've seen that for customers. I've seen that for teammates. I've seen that for personal relationships and even like other businesses. People believe that the best option is that you stay exactly in the zone that you're at.
1: Tony Robbins talks about that there's like two primary needs and that for most people, the number one need is certainty. They need to feel safe. They need to feel secure. And you can look at Maslow's hierarchy needs. It all builds into that. Yeah. And the, but the second one is variety. Now for a lot of entrepreneurs, they're much more driven by variety than they are certainty. Mm. They they you, we all still need it, right? We want to know that we can lay our heads down at night and go to sleep. And so anytime that we're acting in a way that's big, it it feels like an a- attack on certainty pe- to people around us. And so Matt, you've you've built some big things. You've grown, you've changed, you've you've pivoted. How have you dealt with some of that cost? Like are there any, is there have you had any examples of of times you've had unexpected costs of growth?
0: I see it all the time. Like this is resonating with me because I'm probably feeling this right now. We're probably feeling um, certain phases or maybe the the consequences of people realizing growth in, 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 in all areas, you know, kind of. Uh, but I've seen it all those tears. The question, and maybe this is, I, I think, an interesting conversation is how do I find peace in it? I think that's sure. um, something I'm interested in and more focused on is. Um, you know, what is the experience? Like I have folks right now where the perception of me is that I'm in, in our largeness, they will personally stop treating me like a person, which is difficult. That's, that's the hard thing. Like I get people who are like attacking me. I'll give you a good example. Someone sent me a loom video, personal DMS of a loom video. They wanted me to watch. This is not a paying customer. This is just a person off the street. Send me a loom video. My intention, this is crazy, but I still would have probably gotten around to watching that Loom video. But they sent this Loom video in the evening and then bought 12 hours later. So like truly like, was I awake? Um, But it was outside of work hours. So you're like, you know, you're in the evening. Let's say it was like 8 p.m. Like, was I still awake? Like, yeah, that's fine. And then by 7 a.m., they responded again and were upset, offended, affronted by the fact that I had not watched their loom video and you'd think just a reasonable extension of human courtesy would be like continue consider the context or whatever it is but their explanation in their mind they felt judgment and then they passed that and then in their own judgment of my lack of responsiveness which in my mind was a reasonable bear you know a reasonable constraint to say between Non-working hours, I may not be as responsive, but, but this could happen during the day as well. Like this could be, you send me- For sure. And I get this same sort of thing. Like it's a, it's a yeah. 10 o'clock, you send me to me and, and then, you know, by five hours later, someone's offended because I haven't gotten it. And, and that degree of feeling offended is because in their mind, the narrative is, I have looked at them, I have said, you are not worth my time, and, and, and I've actively uh, said, they're not worthy of my attention that's what right. that's what the perception is and, and but if they sent the same Loom video to some nobody or yeah, whatever someone just getting started right? someone just yeah. getting started and that's that's offensive i said someone nobody but like someone who like you're just like oh brand new person off whatever and they, they have no yeah. status they have no uh perception of of uh you know there would be no reason for this person to ever think lower of them because they're lower than me and they didn't watch it, they probably would not feel those same things they wouldn't feel judged by it. they'd think like, "Oh, yeah. maybe they're busy or maybe they're not online or or, or they would forget about them they wouldn't yeah. even It wouldn't even stick in their mind that I yeah. wonder if this person is going to see the thing that I sent them and so the um you know that's the how it practically plays out how yeah. i've chosen to find peace about it is it's more intentional time disconnected I have to I have to intentionally disconnect from electronics. I actually, we were talking about this before we hit the record button, finding a new rhythm for um, physical activity exercise. It's like the reality of the endorphins of doing it. And now I've paired exercise with uh, like a sauna. So it's like this, almost this treat there, which is like, it's like a real um, reset and mentally just to, to be in this space where um, I, you know, I previously, and I still have those habits where I tried to like condense physical activity into like the least amount while still being effective. So, right. So I like right. try and fit like a quick workout in or just like get it in and get my sweat or my steps in or what functionally. And now I kind of see it as like, you know what, this is actually good time and space. Like I, I yeah. need the balance of the resets. Um, and, and the same thing with like time with our kids, so, like even today, like I took, it's being, it's a lot of like outside time with the family, physical activity. And then I've been pairing it with like actually just time in the, in like a sauna. And that experience is like sweating in the heat. And it's just like a good little meditative space yeah, to realign, recenter, like find empathy. That's like, I think yeah. gratitude and empathy are like the two things that I, I try to focus on. It's like gratitude for all the things that like, Are happening and going that we even have the privilege to have influence over and then empathy and understanding and process these sort of things like for what this other person's feeling on the other side because no doubt the temptation when i receive that is to feel a great sense of negativity like to wear that i should have been to carry
1: it with you and to to
0: carry it with you like and and to degrees of that but it's degrees of negativity it's like either you know my own responsibility i feel bad i should have been more responsive i should have been faster not the right response, but you feel that, yep. or then anger, how dare you you know why are you even putting this on me right So like first, I put it on myself and then I blame them for allowing me you know to, to put it in yeah, of course. place, but um yeah, I think no matter what, and you could see this personally as well, like in different areas where you have those relationships where the same sort of thing happens where their right. response is them being judged by your growth, and then the cool thing is is that we have agency. <laughs> We, we have within ourselves everything we need to work through the mental gymnastics required
1: to weather this kind of growth and mm-hmm. to still find a way to enjoy the process. I think a huge part of it is just the mindfulness and the empathy that there are simultaneously multiple perceptions happening. And that doesn't mean that your perception is wrong or the other person's perception is wrong. And just it's okay to honor that and be like, hey, you know what? This person felt this way. That's their, how they felt, but that did did I cause it? No, did I intend it? No, like so both of perceptions can be valid. No one you don't have to always have this right and complete totality of an answer. Exactly,
0: love it. I'd love to know anybody listening in or watching in if um, if there are if this resonates or if there are areas other examples where you've seen this to be true, um, places where in in the commitment to growth you know, was there this aha of realizing that maybe there were folks or customers or clients or team members, um, around you that maybe aren't as happy about the growth of the experience when you start to do good marketing or, you know, uh, take the time of personal development. Thanks for tuning in for this week's marketing with Matt. Check out profitmoreworkless.com to learn how we create high margin marketing. Also, if you know someone who'd enjoy the podcast, feel free to make a recommendation. I'm sure they'll thank you for it. Okay. Bye for now.